What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of From Broadway to Belmont. I am your host, Krista Sellams, and with me, as always, is my wonderful co-host, Kevin Koff. Kevin, jump in, say hello. Good to be back. Two weeks off. You love to see it. Good to see you, Chris. I think we've said we are back after like a two-week hiatus the most this season. Yeah. season prior we have we have been the kings of one week on one week off and it's not by design it's just we're busy and and to be completely honest with you both teams i mean one team's a little better than the other but both teams for the most part it's there's nothing to talk about there's literally nothing to fucking talk about maybe we're pivoting to a bi-weekly show i don't know well i will have to we'll have to consider maybe it just gives us more content i mean hey you're right though there's nothing going on i kind of see you, Chris always logs in. The people of the world can't see, but Chris likes to put his the Rangers record uh, as his name when the when he logs into our lovely platform. Keeps me humble. Yeah, um, it makes me depressed. So <laughs> appreciate that from you. You know, I, I like, and the only reason that started was because uh, usually I was doing some like fun names of like yeah. things that went on during the week or like <laughs> jokes on on hockey Twitter and stuff. Yep. But like this season for me has just been so, like I've. I'm so bored this season. There has been nothing of like, yeah. I don't know if it's just me, but I'm just like, I'm bored this NHL season. Like it's, been games no have been fun to watch, but like, I've just been so bored and I'm yeah, just like, you- I just, I just did it the first week and it just kind of stuck. And I was like, I'm going to just do it just as like, so I also know like where, where they're at and everything. Um, Fair. And at one point, the record wasn't looking great. The record wasn't looking great. It was looking bad. But now, you know, 45 games in, winning record, can't complain. Yeah, very fair. Yeah, they're really – you're right. There, I feel like there's been no dramatic storylines in the NHL this year, nor has there been with the Islanders or Rangers, you know. There's not much going on. I enjoy watching the games. I still love sitting down at 7.30 on a Wednesday and watching a game, but – you know, there's not much, not much going on. So that's kind of the bye week we buy. But hey, seen Hall beat UConn tonight, number fifteen. So that was a big win. The Rock was rocking. Antonio, <laughs> big Seen Hall alums here. You love to see that. I love to stick to the UConn fans. But uh, yeah, what's been going on in Rangers land? Weekly bye weekly recap. Well, before I recap, or what's been going on in Rangers? Maybe land. just a, a general sense. We don't have to go game by game. Well, before I before I do that. Yes. I got a Vegas recap because, oh, like I mentioned right. on the previous pod, I, I went to Vegas. Um, yes. I left. Well, okay. So here's the thing: I would have left with more money than I went with, but the thing is, I pay for all my dinners in cash because when you go to dinner with six people, you don't want to hand them six cards. It's just easier for everyone to just pay the bill, split it six ways. You add the tip. You just round up. You go, okay, uh, the bill is this. Everyone pays this. So. Um, yeah. So I I left with five hundred. Dinners were around two forty, um, for, for for both dinners. And I walked. I'm. It came back to DC. I had four oh five. I forgot. Steph gave me twenty. So really like three eighty five plus her twenty. So realistically, I came back here with like a hundred. I came, I was up about one hundred twenty five dollars. Um, after being after being down two forty with dinners and stuff. So um. Overall, good weekend for Love me that. gambling. Uh, over 500 gambling, six and four. Um, Especially to be there during the NFL playoffs. Electric. Yeah, the super super wild card round. It, there's games Man. on. Love it. I mean, two games, two games Saturday, three games Sunday, one game Monday. It's like there's games all the time. There's college basketball on. There was hockey on. Uh, probably the craziest bet I did was um, I don't know if you get, if you follow him on on Twitter. He's like a bar stool. Um, 
like uh, adjacent guy, uh, this guy Elio, aka Mr. Ice. He gives out one hockey, one or two like hockey picks a night, um, and it's usually just like the over in games. He picked the over in the Abs. I want to say Senators game on Saturday, and the over was I had it at six. Um, Abs scored seven. <laughs> um so the over covered there that was probably the craziest game i picked just because i was like i need i need goals at some point it was four nothing going into the third so i'm like i need a crazy third period like if it, the, it I, was like, if the, I was like best case scenario is the sends get two back they pull the goalie empty net that's a win Max. um wasn't the case um colorado just just the seventh goal they reviewed it like a few times to see if it actually went in so there was like one like i think three times i was like wait it counts no it doesn't wait it counts and by like the fourth time i was like no it does count <laughs> one guy i was with he was like shut the fuck up does it count or it doesn't and i was like no 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 we're good we're good um <laughs> so i took that that was a winner sabers bunch of other games i'm not gonna tell you all the games that that, that i gambled on some i forgot um the, the one game the one game that I got absolutely fucked on. I thought it was a lock. And I hope they lose in the next round or the AFC Championship or they get crushed in the Super Bowl. The Buffalo Bills are a garbage franchise. Oh my God, did they fold. It was a tough game to... Especially against Skylar Thompson. You would expect to, to play a little bit better. Still a bunch of scrubs. I'm Hold on. I gotta, I gotta pull back... Um, Okay, yeah, I had the I had the Bills first half um, spread, which I don't remember the number, but um, they clearly did not cover because they were only up by like I want to say three points going into halftime when they were up fourteen nothing after one. I thought this was we were going to cruise into a um, into an easy win. Not the case. Um, so so Buffalo, I hope you guys uh, lose uh, next week or the week following. Craziest game, craziest game that I took was the Jags game. I had the Jags. Um, I think just, I think I just took money line. I just took them to win. I think, and they barely pulled out a win. I mean, they pulled that win out of their ass. I was about to say that because it reminded me. You and I had talked about this. For those who don't know or follow football, the Chargers were up twenty-seven to nothing and wound up losing. 31 to 30, one of the best comebacks in NFL history, but there was some better at halftime, I believe, when it was 27 to nothing. What a dummy. $1.4 million on the Chargers to win to return $11,000, which is not a lot when you're betting 1.4 mil. So how do you just throw 1.4? I wish you're not that guy. I threw 1.4 mil just to win $11,000. Just get a quick little 11K. You know, they're up 27 nothing. It's easy money. Wrong. That's nuts. Yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't really get that bet, and I saw a lot of people saying it was like it had I to think be it's reasonable. ESPN like verified that it was indeed a real bet, and I'm like, unless well, that guy was just trying nothing. to, like, but like unless that guy's trying to just like win 11k so he can go out and like spend 11k on dinner, like, that's that's fine. But it's like, bro, you had 11k, you had 11k and some, you put one point whatever on the game, you didn't need the extra 11k. Um, he's that guy, dumbass of the week. Um, just a terrible bet. Um, terrible beat too. Um, I mean, and not even a terrible terrible beat. I mean, you were up 27 nothing. Who you you make that bet thinking, "Oh, this is an easy 11k." But nope, not the case. Um, but yeah, no, overall Vegas another successful weekend. Um, very very fun. Uh, moving on to Rangers land. I don't even remember the last time we yeah, recorded. I think probably... it was 
I think it was January 5th, but I can imagine you did not watch many games because you were also in Vegas. <laughs> um, no, so since I was in Vegas, I on- there was only one game while I was in Vegas. So I was able to watch most games. Um, so let's say it was the fourth uh, or it was the fifth. Um, we go back to the fifth. Uh, the Rangers played Montreal, uh, 4-1 win there. Um, overtime loss to the Devils. Uh, that Saturday, uh, that was a depressing loss. Three nothing. Uh, they're they're up three nothing. After uh, they're up three nothing, they give up one goal in the second, and then two in the third, losing overtime. That was a brutal game. Uh, that's, that's, tough. that's a tough one to lose. It was like um, so long ago, by the way. I mean, mm-hmm. the Devils are hot again. They've won five in a row. They're they're back, man. That's a shame. I mean, we we reverse mushed it. We reverse. They're back, it. but also, but also. Like they're they're back, but also the Rangers are kind of back too. They only have one. They only have one loss so far, or two. Lo- well, they're they're what six one and one so far in Isn't the that in dandy for you. Yes, that's just so, lovely for you. Uh, uh, so um, yeah, we recorded I think the week prior because last week uh, was the return of Ryan Reeves uh, to the Garden. Oh, he got he got yes. a nice little uh, standing O. People cheered for him. Uh, that was a four three uh, Rangers win in a shootout. Um, I don't really remember that game too much. I just know it was a 4-3 shootout win for the Rangers there. Uh, and then the Dallas game, that was probably the most entertaining game. Um, oh, that's right. Of the last couple of games they've played. You were because, firing up. As I mean, was every Ranger fan, rightfully so. <laughs> I mean, it was, I mean, you're, you're I, I said it best to like everyone over the weekend who like didn't watch the game or didn't understand like why, like I was so hyped up about that game. I'm like, okay, look at it from my perspective. I'm like, look at it from a Rangers fans, Rangers fans perspective. I'm like, you're losing this game one, nothing with, and the clock is, is just ticking. You have six guys on the ice. You're trying everything you can to score. And then you get the game tying goal with nine tenths of a second left. You were less than a second away from walking away with zero points. Now, somehow you've secured one point in your pocket. And then to top it all off, like 30 seconds later, they scored two goals in about 31 seconds if you're not yeah. counting the break and everything um they they were nine tenths of a second away from having zero points and they walked away with two um that's huge. that is a, I mean, a back breaking game for the stars and that is a season changing win for new york um just because i'm like that's the, like you weren't in that game you fought to the bitter end and you walked away with two points like again you were less than a second away from walking away with zero points you walked away with two much needed points in a very competitive metro division uh they followed that they followed that was, crazy win up. Say, not to ruin your hot streak but it was a very impressive i must admit for Miller, it was a great block on Miller the first shot, and for him to follow that up and get that yeah. shot off in that situation, that's I think it looks easy on TV because you know he's a professional player. That's not easy to find that puck within about point four seconds and fire that top corner. It's really, really impressive. I saw there were talks of him getting like four or five million this offseason on a decently long deal. Yeah, I uh, yeah, that like the second that goal went in, I'm like, whatever they're gonna pay him over the summer, it's like that that goal is you just show that and you're like uh let's bump that up a little bit i i'm gonna i'm er, i've earned so far this season i have earned every penny that i have coming to me this summer if i'm if i'm miller so um yeah i mean if they can get him locked up for like six or seven years at four or five mil maybe even like high at six yeah um i that's a steal of a contract there uh but they followed up that win with a 2-1 loss to montreal i don't really remember that game too much um they just uh they 
I'm going to chalk it up to they wore the reverse retros, which they are now one and six in. Um, so uh, really? pretty tough. One and six in the reverse retros this year now. Uh, so just burn those jerseys. Don't buy it. Don't buy them if you haven't already. Uh, and then they had a back to back. They were in New York against Montreal on Sunday. They were in they were in Columbus on Mont- uh, in they were in Columbus playing the Blue Jacks on two. Uh, yeah, no, sorry, I'm all over the place. Fumble fucking my words. Minus <laughs> one. <laughs> they were at home playing Montreal on Sunday. They were in Columbus playing the Blue Jackets on Monday. Back to back, they won three one. Pretty commanding game. They were and in control. Columbus, I'd is say, essentially terrible. Columbus yeah, is they legitimately were- like I know like a lot of teams were tanking like. Chicago and Anaheim, but like, man, Columbus is might be one of the least talented teams in the league. <laughs> yeah, they're really pretty is. bad. Uh, they have Chicago. a lot of. They, the Columbus has a lot of guys where like they're on the ice. And I'm like, who the fuck is that? Like, I have no idea who half their team is. There was a moment for probably like five or six minutes where Columbus looked like they were going to try to to scratch and claw their way back into it. It was like in the third period, so it was kind of like who yeah. cares at that point. But there was a point where they had some life after I think their first goal you know coming back from 3-1 so um definitely you're on the edge of your seat when they're doing that just because you know you've seen the rangers blow a couple leads uh so far this season especially up three nothing so um you know got to win there much needed win uh tough game uh for the rangers tomorrow they play boston at home uh Uh, honestly a a kind of a tough they boston did play tonight so maybe they'll be a little bit tired which helps you guys for sure fingers crossed um they kind of got a tough um stretch of games the last four games in january for them uh they play boston tomorrow uh they play florida next monday which is like kind of a toss-up because florida is not great but i could see them being competitive in that game uh they play toronto in toronto next wednesday and they finish off january with the vegas golden knights on the 27th friday um and then yeah they don't play again uh they have a little bit of a break i imagine that's the all-star break the end of january oh, beginning of february because they have, about yeah, a week we have off. to watch that <laughs> um, be possible man mm-hmm. so uh yeah so they got boston florida toronto vegas coming up uh it's a tough schedule eight, but eight points you walk away with five, five. or six and you're good um five or I think, six i yeah. think you're in a good spot i think i think that's doable the rangers are a good team i mean they're up there with toronto's pretty good boston you get tired vegas you could beat especially without stone and florida has been like met this year so I, I watched Vegas play uh, the Stars on Monday. Um, when they're good, they're good. Yeah. But um, when they're oh, not playing yeah. good, when they're not playing well, um, they're bad. I mean, they lost 4 nothing to the Stars. Um, yeah. Brutal, brutal loss. Uh, the, star, you know, the Stars, they hang in the games uh, for sure. I mean, look at the Rangers game uh, just last week. But um, yeah. yeah, Vegas, man, they're, they're either red hot or they're ice cold. And right now um, – they're leaning. They're tilting a little bit towards ice cold, uh, which is right now not the place. Just over that halfway mark, this is not the time where you want to go on a cold streak or no. uh, drop some games. So <laughs> we'll great, <never> do that. <laughs> great, <laughs> great month for the Rangers so far. Uh, hopefully, they could finish with a winning record in January, um, and and just keep on rolling. But um, yeah, yeah that's it. that's enough for me right now. Hold on, uh, one 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 more point before we go to the Islanders. Forty five yeah. games into the season, Rangers twenty five thirteen at seven fifty seven points. They are only four points behind the Devils, five points behind Carolina. Um, they've made some uh, significant ground on Carolina. I think Carolina's dropped some games because uh, that lead was definitely a little bit higher uh, for them. Um, 
and at least in the Metro, um, they got a plus 24 goal differential right now. It's higher than Carolina, um, but lower than the, they're the second highest in the Metro. Uh, the Devils are scoring a lot of goals. Uh, not giving up a lot of goals because they have a plus 40 differential. Uh, and just looking at the rest of the teams, uh, take a wild guess how many, uh, what what the goal differential is for Boston. <laughs> I'll guess plus 74. You are one goal off, my friend. Really? Damn. 75 fucking damn. goals. You know plus what? 75. Maybe, I was thinking of that damn goal tonight with two minutes left. I would have been right. <laughs> yeah, I mean. No, and it's like you're right there, like you said, with the Hurricanes and Devils. But even he's been good this year, but Igor Shashurkin hasn't been like the guy this year as he was last year, which we expected. We, we both. He, he was demigod it. last year. I think we are just looking at an elite goalie this year. But he could still, I think, promote himself to like not demigod, but God, you know, and he could still steal you a couple more games than you think. So. I hate to I say think, it, but the Rangers are right in the hunt. I mean, I, I, I hate admitting it, especially with how the honor season has gone, but like you guys are right there. I mean, it's still a very yeah. scary team. Yeah, no, I think I think that's that's like the perfect way to describe it. Like we're right there. It's a sturdy team. Like there's there's a couple if they can make a couple moves in the uh before the deadline to get some kind of like they did last year to really like bolster up that roster and, and kind of fill as many of the gaps that this team has. Um I I, I think they could seriously contend. Um and I wouldn't be I wouldn't be upset if Igor decided you know just to play pretty good hockey. And it's like the thing is he he looks just okay this year. His stats um uh they're, they're kind of fucking they're like they're kind of crazy. Like I think right now he um so yeah on the year this year thirty three games played his record twenty seven and six two forty three save percentage nine one eight so it's like his numbers aren't terrible for having nine, one, like eight could be better that's where he can like, that definitely could be better really, if it was like a nine two yeah. um I'd be a little happier but a nine one eight with a yeah. twenty seven and six record I'm not terribly angry at like that's the thing like even no, though his save percentage is a little bit lower you look at the the I'm like every time they pop it up I'm like this guy's fucking twenty wins I'm like Jesus, I'm like that's kind of crazy, but um, yeah. yeah, teams right there. Um, just need to fill some holes here and there, and um, uh, I will just continue holes. to be mad every day that Adam Fox's parents were not Islander fans. <laughs> that guy is unfreaking believable. How good he is at hockey, and like, I think I think he's in the Norris conversation this year, but they're I definitely think he might like, win it. who else is gonna um, win? It? I don't think anybody else. Like Kale can't because I think he's been hurt and just Colorado's been not great because they have a I, ton of injuries. The only one if 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 Eric Carlson keeps his pace, I think he might have a legitimate shot. Oh, like he, I would him. Um, we're probably forgetting yeah. somebody. I haven't really followed it as closely this year to be honest. But I saw a I'm, thing. I'm um, sure Hedman's on. up there. Here, let me look up the. Uh, yeah, I'm pulling it up now since I have it up uh, on my computer. All right, so uh, this is by uh, this is was done on January 10th. Oh, yeah, so we'll do January 10th from Jay Fresh. Even though you know I'm not the biggest fan of him because he's a homer, uh, he does have good uh, graphics and hockey cards and uh, information. So right now, who should win the Norris Trophy as of January 10th? Uh, Eric, he has Eric Carlson, number one, uh, with 37% of first place votes. Uh, Kale McCarr, number two. Uh, I don't think Kale should be in the conversation right now. Uh, I think he's definitely top five, uh, but he's not two. 
Uh, Darlene yeah. at three. Uh, he's kind of having a, an insane season. He is having also um, a great year. I'm looking at the insider odds, and Darlene is currently second behind McCarr for what it's worth. I heard there was a prop bet somewhere for the over-under on Darlene to have like 52 points because I think he ended with 52 last year. I'm pretty sure he's at like 48 right now or something, like an insane number, and people were like, if you didn't take the over on this, you're an idiot. Um, Speaking of these odds, by the way, speaking of idiots – Somehow Noah Dobson has the 11th highest odds on Vegas Insider. If you bet Noah Dobson to win a Norris, love the guy. You're an idiot. <laughs> Absolute idiot. Like how, he, has better, he has better odds than... That's like RA. RA would take that bet. Honestly, he would. Um, number four, Adam Fox. Uh, five, Josh Morrissey. Morrissey's uh, having six. a year. Six, yeah, he's having he's having uh, a, a an amazing bounce back year um, after yeah. a year or two of not looking too, too great. Paul Maurice, um, man. Um, Hampus Lindholm, six. Dougie Hamilton, seven. Uh, Miro Heiskanen, eight. Yossi, nine. And Hedman, ten. Lindholm, so, uh, I don't think he'd win, but he's been very good. <laughs> he's been also uh, very yeah, good. Yeah, it also helps, I think, playing on a really good Boston team. Yeah. Um, that definitely probably p- p- pads the stats a little bit. Um, but, yeah, no, honestly, solid list. Uh, if, if Carlson won, I wouldn't be upset. Uh, I definitely think the final three should probably be right now Carlson, Darlene, Fox, and maybe throw Morrissey in there as a fourth. Kale probably yeah. five right now for me. That's fair. Um, but yeah, on to the New York Hockey Islanders. We don't have to. <laughs> so... <laughs> Short episode this week. Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> yeah, bye. Nothing's going on. I don't know who. Um, the last time we recorded, it was very holly jolly. Uh, the Islanders have just won 6 to 2 against the Vancouver Canucks. Great game. Uh, they have since played. Seven games and have lost uh, six of them (laughs) with their their only win coming against the Montreal Canadiens. And that was only by one goal. So I'm not going to go through every game. I'll read off the scores very quickly. Lost to the Oilers 4-2. Lost to the Flames 4-1. Shootout lost to the Stars 2-1. Lost to the Wild 3-1. Beat the Habs 2-1. Lost to the Capitals 4-3 in overtime. And lost to the Bruins tonight. The few games that stick out to me. Uh, number one is the Stars game. Uh, that was just terrible. Um, you know, you can't put the puck away. Uh, you go to a shootout. Sorokin's terrible at shootouts. We have terrible shootout shooters on Mac loss. Oh, I just lost the schedule. Hold on. Next tough game. It's just like a recurring theme. Oh, excuse me. Uh, the Wild game. You're up one nothing. You're playing all right. You take a penalty. You take you you get a power play. You give up a shorthanded goal. And then you give another goal two minutes later. That's the game. And then you give him an empty netter. I don't know how you give up a shorthanded goal in that situation when you're up one to nothing and then give up a goal immediately after. It just shows that there's just like no backbone, man. I mean, you just can't do that. Um, regardless, speaking of power play, I'd like you to guess how many power play goals the Islanders have in their last 51 attempts. Six. Lower. Oh, two? Higher. It's three. Oh, jeez, <laughs> man. Three for their last 51. And that's just the bane that, that's just the bane of their existence. They just can't freaking score on the power play. It's pathetic. It's it's historically bad. I don't know what they do out there. You know, they brought up Dufour today, which was cool, I guess. They brought up Chalowski to help, but they went over six tonight. Like what it's crazy. Like nothing helps. That's, that's brutal. Yeah. yeah. You, you you're you're not gonna win the game. I mean, like 
watching a really shitty Rangers power play, I'm like, yeah, you, like that's how you lose games. Like, you get those opportunities and you go over six or yeah. over four on a night. I'm like, it's like you, it's like you can't expect to win games if you're not taking advantage of the opportunities. And 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 I think exactly. at one point the wild game, because um, it was a, that was the same night as the Rangers Stars game. I had tweeted about it from the account, like just the duality of like both teams. Like for one, it was. Um, like a season, like they were both season changing games. Yeah. One for like the better and, and for the Islanders. Yeah. It's, it's, that's like a game where, like you said, you're giving up a shorthand goal. You're, you lose three, one. It's just like such a, you're just angry after watching it. And, um, you're, you're, um, I don't know if you had anything else to, to, to recap. Um, oh, yeah. I, I have more. Okay, yeah. So I'll save this next point. And the next point is is Islanders is focused. So um, I'll I'll let you finish that, and and we'll we'll jump into that because I have two questions for you. Word, yeah. I mean, you talk about power play scoring woes, like you said. It's just a total backbreaker. I'm trying to find the list here. It was from Kevin Kerr's uh, the Islanders beat writer on the Athletic. I can't find it, but it's something along the lines. And I'm paraphrasing. I don't exactly know what it is. Parise scored tonight, but it was like. Dobson, no goals in his last 11. Nelson, no goals in his last 14. Bailey, total ghost out there, no goals in his last 12. I think Beauvillier's got two in his last 18. Just There's just no scoring whatsoever. The power play is just stagnant. They just can't get anything going offensively. It's it's crazy, but regardless, going to Montreal, play them, you win. You would hope so. And then tonight, you lose against the Bruins, whatever. It's the Bruins. 0 for 6 on the power play is unacceptable, but it is what it is. But you know the the real the real icing on top. The game Monday night against the Washington Capitals. You are up. This is the team you're chasing in the Metropolitan Division, which is before tonight. You know the Capitals had 54 points in 47 games, and the Islanders have 50 points in 45 games. I know it seems like the, the sky is kind of falling, but the Islanders are right in it. You're up three to nothing against the Capitals. And you lose four to three in overtime? Like, are you? It's totally unacceptable to be. How do you not close that game out? You, you get goals from Aho, Martin, and Fashing, give up two, more, two to end the second period, another in the third, and then, and then it's basically a breakaway from the hash marks because Barzell totally was this guy in overtime. I just. It, it, the Trots Islanders, they lock that down, man. They don't allow a single shot on net, basically, from. The time they have a three nothing lead, I don't know what is going on, but to blow that three nothing lead in a playoff race where that's a four point swing, and I get it, you get a point for going to overtime. It's just totally unacceptable. I mean, it's like beating a dead horse because we've talked about it time and time again. The team has no identity. They don't play defense. They can't score. So like, what the hell do they do? They're just skating around. And the sad part about it is they're they're still only pull the standings. They're still 23, 18 and four. If they just win four more games. They have 58 points. That's a division spot over the Rangers. Like, all you have to do is win four games. You know, you win that Dallas game, you hold out. You win that Capitals game. That's two right there. And I'm sure there's more along the line that you could have won. It's just so frustrating. They have nothing, nothing brewing. The record isn't bad, but just like, it just seems like the team just, they've got nothing. And I tweeted earlier, it just feels like Lamarillo. It's like a double-edged sword. And I feel like I, I could go on about this forever, but I'll keep it short. <laughs> he did a lot of good things for the Islanders. Like, you, you remember when he came in. I, don't, I think it was just before we started the podcast, basically. 
he brought stability. JT had just left. He tried to negotiate with them. Still went to Toronto. Fine. Ever thought the Islanders would suck. Brings in Trotz. They make three straight playoffs. It was a miracle. He brought that stability to the organization. But what he's done, I don't think it's a problem that players like Goudreau went to Columbus or I forget who the other one was the season before, go somewhere else. There's always a high name free agent linked to the Islanders that never comes through. Whatever. It's hard to get free agents. You get that, especially in the salary cap era where the Islanders have so much money tied up. It's been the moves that he's made that have shot this team in the foot. The Taves trade, obviously. The fact that you can't move money that's not Taves is terrible. And the one that really rings up is the only guy that had chemistry with Barzell and was so good in the playoff runs, you gave him up for free to Seattle. And Eberle's almost a point per game there. And now you have this rotating conglomeration of garbage coming on Barzell's wing. And I don't mean Parise because I like Parise, but he's not a first-line winger. He's 39. Bailey's been anchored up there. Holmstrom. Uh, Dufour was on there tonight. Beauvillier's been there. If you would have just kept Eberly and, was, oh, he doesn't hit. He's not physical. He doesn't play that playoff hockey. I don't care. I was I, I was wrong. You know, they should have kept him. I thought that it wasn't a big deal, but, you know, it is what it is. It, I, I'm not an NHL GM, and that's the reason. But I think you look back now and expect a guy who's been around for 40 freaking years to understand how important Jordan Eberly is to the team and how important Devon Taves is to the team. So I don't know. I think it's just uh, – I, I think that – it's very possible, like we talked last week that, or two weeks ago, that maybe if you can't change up the roster, do you look at firing the coach? It's a very low move. He really doesn't give a, a, a crap about what anybody thinks of him. It's a little disrespectful to Lane, but I mean, there's there's not much else you can do to fix it. What else do you do? I mean, I was, just, I was, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I was talking to someone over. It's because because I because I know we had talked about that. Um, like through text and stuff. Yeah. Um, does he fire Lane and stuff? Yep. And I was like thinking about it and I was like, I really don't know. And, and it's because I, I don't, I'm not like a fan of the team or, or, or know um, how Lou's brain works and stuff. But I was thinking about it and, and you, you kind of knew or you should have like known if you were Lou that sure. Like, you could fire trots, but I don't really understand the logic behind firing trots and then hiring the guy that's been under him for the last, what, like 15 years or yeah. maybe even longer. It's like you, you essentially just hired trots junior. Like everything that trots was is going to be what lane is because he's been under him and has been under his, his coaching tutelage for however long they've been together. So like I do like I I don't understand like what the thought process was. Like yeah, you could hire the guy who's been who was under the guy you just fired, but you needed to do something else. You needed to I I I I think and it alludes to I think the next point that we that I have on on the sheet is that like you needed to do something to the core of the yeah. team and, and shake it up if you were going to just bring in the same guy because obviously if the core didn't work under the last regime and you're bringing in a guy who's essentially the same coach why do you think it's going to work now like what did you change to make this work better it's like you just changed the coach who again like i've said 
three times already is Barry Trotz light. Like he is Barry Trotz. Like everything that Barry was, or not not to like the full extent, but like it, it, yeah. this guy has been under him for so long. He's obviously is going to be running and doing a lot of the same things. Yeah, it's very similar. Minus, I mean, I think he allows the defense to pinch up more and they play more offensively, which is obviously no one's going to be like Trotz. It's totally, he's just totally unique in the way he plays defensively. But I agree. It's kind of like a very similar thing. It's just, I I don't know how, and I'm, I, I said this too. I said it before the season that I thought the core in place deserved another chance. I said it and it, it just, it, it's clear now that it doesn't work. So I think it's on Lou to figure out what is going to make this team tick, right? Like, how much faith do you have in this team? I think, I don't know. It's so hard to blow up at this point, but I think you got to do something in the offseason that's drastic to figure it out. Um, I don't know what it is, but I think this season, it's not going to happen midseason because it's so hard. But mm-hmm. like you said, I mean, the coaching, its I don't think it's Wayne's fault at all, obviously. I mean, you know, you're given – a certain toolbox to work with and you got to fix things with it. But the team it does seem a little unstructured. I will say that you would expect it to be more structured from a trots protege, but I think we've always talked about how hard it is to play in that situation. So, I mean, I, I don't know, man, it's, it's a whole conglomeration of tough stuff that just doesn't make things easy. Uh, mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's, you can't lose, you can't lose six S seven at this point and just have nothing Nothing to show for it, especially yeah, two tough games with Carolina and Maple, the Maple Leafs coming up now. I mean, it's a tailspin. I don't know. There's no easy fix. I think that's the problem. It's like you can talk about it all day, but you know whether you're firing Lambert or um, what's the other thing I'm looking for, or finding a way to trade five million dollars of Bailey or four million dollars of, of Bovillier, it's it's almost an impossible fix, and it's a shame that. They had more core players like Eberle and Taves that could have really, really, really improved this team. Especially if you keep Taves, you know, you don't have to use that. You can keep that 13th overall pick. And you probably, maybe you don't even need a 13th overall pick. Or maybe you use it to trade Komarov's salary away. Because you left the damn team seven months later anyway. So who cares? Um, so it's just all a real shame. But at least we had those two years. At least I had those runs. You know, they were good times. I hope they're back soon, but. They got a lot of work to do. They gotta get faster. They gotta get younger. It's it's not gonna be an easy road, but that's the Islanders deal. I mean, we'll just see what happens, right? You know, mm-hmm. it might just be a middling season where they get the 14th overall pick and try to figure it out in the off season. So uh, the two questions that I had, yes. um, they're both kind of lo- they're both kind of loaded. Uh, first one is <laughs> like, um, is the uh, do, do you think the Islanders season's over at this point? Like. Like, are you holding out hope for playoffs? Well, like, obviously, like, things could happen. They could go on a run. But, like, right now, with the state of the team, do you think um, that this team can somehow claw their way into a wild card spot and 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 maybe make another run? Or is the season over? They're not far out, so I'm not going to be surprised if they do it. But maybe I would be a little surprised. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's not going to be easy with the with talent in the East. I don't think the season's over, but... They got to figure something out to make it happen. I mean, and I think the follow follow up question of that, and I think this is probably easier to answer. Um, I'll I say like 40%, a lot of thirty five percent for the playoffs seems like a reasonable number. Okay, um, and then I think uh, follow up question um, is, and I think this is 
like I was just saying, easier to answer because I think a lot of people, probably yourself included, feel this way. Um, do you think it's time to blow up the core um, and 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 re and not rebuild? But like most coaches and GMs, like saying retool, retool. Yeah, I think it might be. I mean, I think if you even just shed five million of Bailey and four million of Bavillier, that's pretty significant changes to your core. If you move out, say you move on from Parise, you move on from Bailey and Bavillier, that's three forward spots open. Defense is probably pretty set, minus the bottom pair. If you want to maybe upgrade from Aho or. Maybe you trade Mayfield at the deadline since he's going to be a probably a piece that can get you a first round pick with his salary. Um, I don't know. It's it's like one of those things we we've we've said before. It's like Barzell is here for eight years. You have a Vesna candidate. The fact that Sorokin is leading the Vesna vote basically at this point while being out of the playoffs is absurd. And you got Dobson, you got Romanov, who's good. I want to consider him core, but like even just Barzell, Dobson, Sorokin. I mean, the pieces are there. I think at this point you got, especially if lose at the helm, you got to retool. Um, it would suck to go through a full rebuild for sure. Um, but I don't know. I think I think the guys like Barzell, excluding Barzell, Nelson, sorry, excluding Barzell, Sorokin, and Dobson and Romanov. I think at least Nelson, Pajot, Pulak. Uh, speaking of, Pulak and Pelic too are part of the core. Like Nelson, Pajot, I think they have a little bit more left in the tank. So I don't know if I want to move on from them yet. And that's maybe why you retool, but it would be hard to see a rebuild. But I think they probably retool. Yeah. What do you uh, think? What, 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 what would you say the likelihood or the odds of Lou still being here at for, for like an offseason moves? Like, do you think he's going to get canned at the end of the season? Or like, do you think uh, there'll be a new GM? Like I, I, I feel like GMs are so – it's hard to – like I feel like they won't fire Lou if this team makes a makes the playoffs, but if they don't, I feel like that would probably be the opportunity to just give a new GM at least like a month or two to prep. No, I mean the owners love him. They always say we trust in Lou. There's really not too many good GM candidates out there, so I feel like they might give him another year. I feel like after next year, if it's really bad, you probably got to move on. But I feel like the ownership mm-hmm. does trust Lou enough to give him that shot again, which. You know, Islanders Twitter is not going to be happy about it, but it is what it is, right? For sure, man. All right. I don't, well, know. I don't know who they would hire, right? There's really – I looked up – me and my dad were talking about it today. We were texting about it. There's really not many uh, GM candidates out there. Like, there's this guy – I mean, John Ferguson Jr. is in Boston as an assistant GM. He's pretty good. Uh, I wouldn't mind him. He was the Maple Leafs GM from, like, 2011 to 2015 or something like that. But Or maybe 2007 to 2011 when he was, like – 30 so he was just like way too young but people think he needs a second chance or like who do you go after next like kevin weeks like i don't know i don't know if there's a guy out there that sells me on his ability to be a gm besides maybe ferguson jr uh yeah um i think one more year to answer your question for sure all right awesome um yeah like like uh like i said that that's pretty much it like i said boring season so not too too much to talk about. So I don't know if you have a player of the week. Um, oh, I forgot on me. Sorry. I was, I was able to get one. So, okay, I'll um, sorry. I, I will, <laughs> no, you're good. I will give you this one. Okay. So, uh, this player was drafted in 2015. Uh, they're the winner of the 2015 Mike bossy, uh, trophy, on uh, the QMJHL. um, played so for his, drafted, na- he was drafted when, in 2015, so and that he won, junior, he won the year. He won that award that year. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, has played for his national team twice in the World Championships and won silver in 2018. Uh, this might be a giveaway. Um, January 17th, 2022, he became the first player for his franchise to score five goals in one game. And then, um, the, the last, the la- I, I won't give the last one. Um, wow. I, I can tell you, I can tell you his nationality if that'll help you. Yeah, sure. He's a, I believe he's a Swiss player. Let me just double check that. You love the Swiss, eh? Yep, two weeks in a row. Uh, but this one, yes, he is Swiss. But this has, um, I think that gave it away the Swiss <laughs> re- relevance to uh, this podcast. Uh, yeah, especially that. I think it would be uh, Mr. Timo Meyer. It is Timo Meyer. Yes, the, yeah. the next clue was potential future New York Ranger or Islander. Or Islander, yeah, probably more likely. I, I don't know. I think he, he's an RFA at the end of the year, so maybe Lou makes that splash, but. Uh, uh, yeah, it probably makes more sense for him to be an Islander that. than a Ranger because the rental yeah. for him is going to be just insane. Because um, you're not you're not going to be able to, to sign him uh, to whatever uh-huh. contract he he wants. Um, probably upwards of like nine million. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, you know, do um, you, do you get him for the run. Do you? Uh, who looks better in teal, Wallstrom or Lafreniere? Uh that's a great question. Um, People are really turning on him, man. Not to deviate from the Meyer talk. No, they are, dude. Uh, I think Laugh's having a tough he, stretch. He hasn't um, looked good for the first three. I, you know, I don't want to label him a bust, but it, it, it's it's getting very concerning. Especially because I saw a tweet the other day that said it was like I don't have the exact numbers in front of me. It was like um, Patrick Stefan first three years 0. 0.45 points per game. Yakupov 0.43 when Lafreniere was at like 0. 0.39. I know. Yeah, you know what the story. But the problem with with laugh right now uh, is is one his his ice time is probably the lowest of first round picks oh. um, the last like fifteen years oh, or something I saw like that stat they absolutely it, it. like they don't play him far enough and the pro- the problem with him is is that um the the coaches the Rangers have had or Gallant and and Quinn they're they're like Quinn was kind of it was it was really fucked up. But with at least Gallant, it was like um, he 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 doesn't want to play his his you know young guys on the fourth line and stuff. But yeah. like is very willing to throw them on the fourth line or reduce their minutes if like they're making mistakes instead of building them up. And that's kind of what happened with Laugh. I'm holding out hope because I think a lot of people were were saying um, Kako was a bust um, last year in his third season, and I think. Um, not that like he the points he's not scoring as like the points aren't as there um as he'd like them to be, but yeah. you could definitely see like there's been a significant jump in him, his game this year. Um, you know, Fair. being a first line winger, he holds onto the puck. He's very strong with the puck. Like you're starting to see flashes of of how he was uh in Liga. So I'm still holding that hope for laugh. I'm definitely not ready to give up on him yet. I think it'd be kind of silly to give up on him it is a little concerning for sure um but um i'm still holding out hope um but it's like last year too it was like it was kind of crazy he almost had 20 goals last year i think he finished with 19 so it was like it wasn't like he was not showing signs of improvement i i don't know what it is this year there's just something i think mental i think it's just a big mental game with him right now that's that's getting in the way um but 
you know, we'll see what happens. Um, I'm still holding out hope for him. Um, Fair. I would only trade laugh to the Sharks for Meyer if like a crystal ball confirmed that the Rangers are winning a cup. Like if, if they're not going to win, like if they trade the Meyer for, for laugh and they, they don't win. I'm like, well, that was a stupid. That would suck. That like that, that, that hurts. But if they were to win the cup, then I'm like, yeah, you know what? It was worth it. Um, yeah, but I could see um, Meyer going to either team. I mean, I probably, I think more likely the Rangers on a rental than the Islanders, I think, but maybe the Islanders can convince them to sign a, sign a deal. I don't know if they can, but it's worth a shot. Eh? I would love Meyer on this team. Um, he's a great player. He's a dog. I think, yeah, I, I think he's like everything the Rangers like need in a player. Um, and I've been saying it last year too. Uh, I, I it's just yeah. I, like they can't do anything long term for him. And it's like you, I, I really don't know what a trade looks like um, for Meyer right now. Being that I, I don't think the the Rangers the are gonna, right now. they're they're not going to want to part ways with someone like Heedle, who's having like a breakout season. Kako, who looks a lot better. So it's like, yeah, Laugh is on the chopping block, um, but it's like, do you? Like and it's not really a rental because they signed Zabanajad, but it's like it 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 reeks of Zabanajad. It just it just reeks of it. And I'm like I don't want to be yeah. on the receiving end of that. I liked I liked being on the good end of it, not the <laughs> bad end. And I don't want to be on the bad end. Um, yeah. So we'll see what happens. But yes, Timo Meyer was the player uh, I, I chose for this week. Um, yeah. Same thing with the Islanders. I don't know who we would give up. It would have to be a first Ratu and. Plus more, probably. I don't even know what. So, like, can you when the team isn't that good or they're average? Can you can you mortgage that and really hope for the best there? I don't the, know. The only thing I would hold out hope for is um, Greer, uh, knowing Drury, playing with him, being a part of the Rangers org. I think at some point, nah, um, no friend, no friendly helpers now. <laughs> so just you know, having 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 that, you know, just just throw throw us a bone and Absolutely and, and, and we'll work something out. But um, we'll yeah. see. But yeah, no, I I got nothing else in terms of content yeah. this week. So I'll wrap it up. Um, thank you everyone for tuning in. Um, we really appreciate it. Um, we're definitely gonna try to hopefully get more episodes in, uh, especially during the playoffs. Once the playoffs kick oh, off, yeah. we'll probably be back to like a weekly basis. But Absolutely. right now, we're trying our hardest to be a weekly. But it's just not guys. going on. It's not our full time. And we're busy. Job. And we're busy. <laughs> um, so yeah, make sure you subscribe to the podcast and whatever podcasting platform you listen to us on. We're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor app, Google Podcasts, um, anywhere you can get a podcast. We're essentially on. Uh, make sure you leave us a five-star rating and write us a nice little review. Share the podcast with everyone you know. Um, get the numbers up. Um, it'll help the podcast grow. Follow the account on Twitter, at from Broad to Bell. You know the business there. Um, and, yeah, I think that pretty much wraps it up. Kevin, you got anything else? No, sir. We'll see you guys next week, maybe. Peace. <laughs> Bump, 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 bump,